Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. I am Tim and I'm joined today by very upbeat Mr. Dan Weldon. How are we doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. And I've also got Sam Edwards. Good evening. How are we doing? Recorded the day after we somehow secured a playoff spot. Are we buzz in. That's a magical day. Absolutely fantastic. And he's got he's got the beer in hand to prove it. It was yeah, what a what a day, what a day. I mean, still work to be done, but so many times didn't it? It felt like the season was 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 maybe fizzling out and we weren't going to get there. And to be fair, they they've, they've done it and. I don't know about you two, but I kind of feel that obviously you want to go up, but whatever happens here, it's kind of pressure off um, in a way because it just feels like we've, we've we've snuck in at the last minute and it's great to be in the playoffs and that feels like a success in itself. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what a day, as you've mentioned there, Sunday was against all odds from the jaws of defeat when everyone thought it was over, snatch from the death and any other cliches you want to use. Incredible scenes in Birmingham where I actually managed to finish a half marathon, who, you know, foolishly planned it for the same day as Peter United's biggest game in the last few years. But anyway, thank you so much to everyone that donated. I am delighted to announce that I'm still alive, uh, which is always an added bonus for those that did donate. Uh, two hours and eight minutes, and I'm a broken man today. I, it hurts to breathe, so that's how you know I did something right. Um, but yeah, it's not about me. This is all about an incredible day for the posh yesterday. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be looking ahead to the playoffs. That's all coming up on the Yellow Block. feedback from the last episode then so uh chris got in touch on twitter and said another deceptively average pod thank you very much chris he goes on to say interesting that you confirm the legal threat yet on another pod a certain someone said you can't speak freely <laughs> no comment two main points it's time for a complete change hashtag sack the board and by the way hashtag kids be out 
fresh start all around and stop shitting your pants. Uh, yeah, Ooh, I mean, valid points. Uh, you know, obviously this was sent prior to what happened yesterday. Interested to know if Chris is still of the sack the board uh, club, potentially. A one game maybe doesn't change that. Uh, Seb Furman also got in touch and said, enjoy the podcast, but I have to say how negative and anti-Fergie is Dan. Every conversation turns to Fergie this or that. Also, who has he been watching away from home? He said, we struggle away from home. Since Fergie returned, we've been so much better away. He sounds clueless. Dan, you're right to respond. Um, yes, in the last four months, our away form has improved, as 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 has sorry our form in general. However, historically, Peterborough are not very good away from home. And most of our recent history has been with... Tim, help me please. Who's been our manager? Grant McCann, Fergie. It's Darren mainly Banks. been Fergie, surprisingly <laughs> enough, in the last ten there's, years. There's two two to pick from. Why do I? Oh, why yeah, do I need to? <laughs> I didn't realize there was a quiz in this. I would have been listening harder. <laughs> Sorry, no, but no, I, I, I stand by my point. And yes, I am very anti-Fergie. I will remain anti-Fergie. And when we touch on Darren's position later, I will stand my ground. Touching on Darren's position, that's a whole different pod. Tune in for that one as a special after show. Uh, we also had a tweet from Peterborough fan. That's not generic. That is actually their name on Twitter. Um, and he says, uh, this is in reply to Seb, I think his problem is more, more with Dara and Darren. Dara is about to hire a man for the fourth time. He clearly doesn't have any money to change the club's direction and detest change. Yes, Fergie has done well since January, but we can't keep going in this constant cycle of toxicity. You've got a fan there in the account of Peterborough fan. Is that your old account, Dan? Have you just you arguing with yourself? Um, I would respectfully like to not comment. <laughs> well, host of the season's coming up, so it makes sense to get a couple of bot accounts up and running at this point. Um, just a quick point of admin. We've been locked out of our email account. <laughs> this sounds like the most lame excuse ever, doesn't it? Like when you've forgotten your homework at school. Oh, sorry, miss. I got locked out of my emails. Uh, but anyway, we have been locked out of our email account for quite some time. Uh, we've managed to recover it. Um, there were quite a few emails in there back in the yellow block after the uh, allegedly gate, shall we call it, uh, recently with the ownership. Um, thank you to those that did send messages of support and sorry that we have only just got them. Uh, you know, being a modern forward thinking podcast, we change our password every month. And the system that we've been using is to name it after Jared's favorite Pringle flavor of that particular month. Um, but unfortunately, in February, he got confused and forgot which Pringle flavour it was that month, hence we've not been able to uh, get back in. Turns out it was um, Sour Chive, which is uh, an interesting choice for, for Pringle. Also does mean that everyone now knows the password to our email account, but in any case. Um, let's look back to yesterday then. So we are smiles all round. Um, Barnsley away from home, setting the scene in case you've been living in a box. We go into this game needing to win. Anything but a win wouldn't have been any good for us. We also needed Derby to lose, ideally, away at Wednesday. Both of those came to fruition. Let's start with what we did, first of all, at Barnsley, Sam. Um, Performance-wise, interesting one, psychologically, I guess, because Barnsley were already guaranteed a playoff play. So would they rest? Would they rotate? Would they really be up for the game? Um, irrelevant of what they could or couldn't do, Posh turned up. It was a, a solid performance that we saw. It was. Yeah, really solid. And... There was a, I think from there was a point, wasn't there, in the second half early on when it was still one nil, where there was a bit of a scramble in Posh's penalty area, and then after that, I actually felt quite calm about the Posh game, and obviously even more so when Jack Taylor heads it in for two nil. But 
a lot of the nerves and tension were were about were about Derby and what they might do rather than what Posh would do. I just I just it just didn't really feel like Barnsley were going to get into it and, and score. And and I think that's credit to Posh, you know, some big performances around the pitch and big calls pre-match by Darren Ferguson to go with Joe Ward at right back and Harrison Burrows at left back. And obviously it paid off inside the first 10 minutes with the Burrows ball into Clark Harris, which was the combination that unlocked so many defences in the season a couple of years ago when we finished second to Hull. And, you know, Ward was playing at right back, wasn't he? And, and we had that horror result at home to Cheltenham back on the 11th of March. And then since then, he's been playing higher up the pitch and Posh has been playing better. So, it, you know, that makes it an even bigger call to put Ward in at that position. But, um, you know, fair play to Fergie. He had to go for it. He did. And the players backed him and backed the fans with, with that performance. It was It was a solid, solid away performance and one of the best of the season. Yeah, and brave, like you said, brave calls by a Darren. Uh, Dan, for for me, and it's kind of following on from what Sam said there, particularly with Ward, but also with Burrows. I mean, just how good was was Burrows yesterday? He was, I mean, everyone played their role, but for me, he really stood out. Yeah, it goes back to what Sam said. You know, it's it's more in line with the player we saw a couple of years ago in that that second place campaign, rather than you know the the player that we've been used to seeing in the last sort of eighteen months. And I think it's a confidence thing. He, he looks. Like he's he's got that confidence back. He's got a bit of swagger about him, and you know he's putting himself about. Which you know, a couple of years ago, people were questioning his physicality. You know, and I remember Darrow mentioning it specifically, and you know he, he sort of pulled it out of the bag then, and he's done it again now. Um, you know, it's always it's always a, a bit of a, a cocky stance to to sort of say he's one of our own, but he is. You know, he's, he's you know with speech born. You know, people are born and bred. He's one of one of the, the fan favourites for a reason and, you know, he continues to show why he's fantastic and, you know, if, if he has to leave in a couple of years because we are in the position that we need to sell him, I think he'll get us a, a pretty penny, which is ultimately what this club's about, I guess. Yeah, and he's, he's like you said, he's paying for that, that confidence. I don't want to touch too much on um, Bristol Rovers the weekend prior, but it's important we mention this, Sam, because it, it did absolutely change the mentality, I think, a little bit for the Barnsley game. So, we uh, were held to a goldish draw at home to Bristol Rovers and it was an incredibly frustrating day. And for many fans after that game, it kind of felt like we'd, we'd kind of missed a bit of an open goal. That was the game we could win. We didn't want to go into Barnsley feeling like we needed a result. Um, and it turned out to be quite a frustrating game. I wonder if it actually, in a weird way, worked in our favour a little bit because whilst we couldn't control what happened between uh, Derby and Wednesday, it did mean that we could go into that Barnsley game with a little bit more freedom. We only had one choice, really, which was to to go after the win. I, if we'd beaten Bristol Rovers, do you think that maybe they would have set up slightly more defensively? I, I, I think it would be a surprise if he'd gone Ward and Burrows in at fullback when we probably only needed a draw. And, and you're right. I mean, obviously, we can look back at it now, knowing that we've got into the top six, saying that it's helped us because we've got there. Um but but yeah, it probably meant, you know, Darren knew what he had to do. The players knew what they had to do. And I know that would have been the same, even if they'd beaten Bristol Rose, they knew what they had to do. But, um, you know, maybe there would have been a bit more watching or being a bit more cautious, whereas they knew just win and see what happens elsewhere. And, you know, I, I'll hold my hand up and say there's been a number of times this season that I've thought it's, you know, obviously never never over until it is mathematically, but but extremely highly unlikely, the, the Cheltenham game in particular. The Cambridge game was a, was a blow, but I didn't feel it was as huge a blow maybe as, as it was being made out because there were still a few games left. But 
even after the Bristol Rovers game, I, I don't know. I just felt I just felt like it was possible because of how good Sheffield Wednesday are. I just thought Derby would would stumble, and then it was up to us. And um, yeah, obviously, when you score after seven minutes, then it's great. So it was it was really disappointing with the Bristol Rovers game, and it did it did feel like to a lot, didn't it? Another you know another step backwards after getting themselves in a good position, but. Yeah, as, you, as you've said, Tim, it, it, it's helped, hasn't it? Because Darren knew exactly what he had to do. And just to go back to Burroughs as well, you know, he had a shocker at Cambridge in the away game, mm-hmm. the last one he started. And I know he was playing in a very different position then. He was switching between wide and central, but he really didn't look in for that game. And you thought, you know, because, you know, what Dan said, he's a local lad. You thought he'd be really up for that. And it, then to not really feature and on the bench a couple of times and not get off and then play in the Ipswich game, but not many minutes to come in and give a 90 like that in the position that's not his favourite position. I think we can't really single out people from the weekend's game because everyone played really well, but particularly credit to Burroughs for that. I think so. And he, I think with Burroughs, because he's he's so versatile, but you kind of get the impression it's not always by choice. Um, it's almost like trying to find the right size peg for, for the hole that he fits still, isn't it? I still, and I know that as a pod, we generally feel he's he's kind of that sort of number 10, uh, seems to be his most natural fit, but um, or kind of sitting back off that front line. But no, I mean, absolutely credit to him yesterday. He did he did turn up and you're quite right about the Cambridge game. He um he wasn't really about for that one too much, was he? Um, Dan, the the the, the build-up to the Barnsley game was a strange one. I think because of what happened against Bristol Rovers, a lot of people felt like it was a bit of a dead rubber. Sky picked both games up, as in our game and the Derby game. Ticket sales, we, we got a little bit of stick for not selling that much away to Barnsley, but I think that was probably an appetite of... It was very much felt like it was against us at that point. I just wonder if all of that fed into what we saw really at the weekend, which was Posh going out without being held back in any way. It was, well, we've got to win. Let's just go and do what we do best. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be an element of that. I think, you know, even even given the circumstances, I still think we sold our away allocation quite well. You know, I think we took around 2,000, which... You know, I guess for, for some of the bigger teams in the league, it might not sound that much, but you know, that's a, a big away draw for us, especially to a place like Barnsley. You know, it's not an easy journey um, for, for everyone. So, you know, I, I think we, we travelled well. The fans looked very up for it. The players were obviously responding to that. They were geared up for it. And I think that, that plays a massive part of it. You know, when the fans get behind the players and they can feel, you know, the atmosphere there, it, it sort of plays a part, doesn't it? So... I, I think the build-up was was a strange one, especially for me. I I, I don't know. I, I guess I was not really feeling it that much going into the week. I, I guess. Did, did you think that we? That. Did you think it, we would have that chance? Did you think it was? Coming? <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I knew there would be a chance, but nothing more than a chance. You know, it's it's a strange one when when you're surrounded by Bolton fans as I am obviously where I live you know they're, they're already in and there is all you know if we do meet you know it's going to be dead and buried already and all this and all that and I'm, just, I'm sat there thinking mm, maybe you've got a point because we have bottled it quite a few times in the lead up you know, look at the games as, as you mentioned like Bristol like Cambridge you know games we should have been better equipped for and, and just didn't get the result I, I was a bit nervous going into the game but I, I, I think as Sam said earlier, that was one of our best away performances, if not one of our best performances in general for the entire season. I think we played fantastic start to finish. I think we held them well. And, and 
really, if they were going to score, you know, bar one chance I can remember in the first half, it was probably going to be from a posh mistake. And, you know, we just need to tighten that up. But all in all, it was a fantastic performance and, you know, build up or, or no build up. It's, it, it gives you a bit more life as a fan, doesn't it? When, when you see your team play like that. Yeah. And, and what about you, Sam? If I sort of cash your mind back to Saturday night, um, if I'd messaged you and said, where's this going? Did you head over heart? Did you think Posh were going to do it? No, I probably, I probably would have gone for, for for no, not because I didn't believe, but just because I'm naturally a bit pessimistic, or not pessimistic, but realistic, and don't want to get my hopes up too much and then be surprised if it happens, rather than um, yeah, get too much into the realms of it's going to happen and then be deflated. Probably that's just my my natural mindset position, um, rather than thinking it wasn't possible. As I said, I wasn't when the Bristol Rovers result happened. I wasn't particularly deflated because it was still possible, um, and Derby had that tough tough assignment as did we of course but um but yeah it was it was uh it, it's, been, it's been a great weekend and um you know when being in the playoffs doesn't happen that often I know it's happened a lot to posh recently and and we have a pretty decent record in the playoffs so just a small matter of playing someone now who won 19 more points than us in the season but hey look it's a two it's a two game shootout isn't it and then Wembley so I, I, you kind of look at that and you think Sheffield Wednesday fans will be thinking we deserve to go up and you can understand why. But hey, we've got two games against them. And if you take the aggregate from the season, we're winning it 2-1. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, you, if, you're, if you're a football fan for any, in any other league that's got no association with any of the four clubs in the playoffs, you would look at what happened and you would say, people are in the playoffs now because that's how football works, isn't it? It, it's just, it happens all the time. Teams that are, you know, we nearly lost um, Notts County in the, the National League playoffs. It's like everything is, it's just how football works, isn't it, for Posh to go on and win it now? I mean, that would have been scandalous if Notts County, if they didn't go up, if they didn't even get into the final. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I suppose, you know, they were 2-0 down. Um, against the team at the bottom of the playoffs and, and they came back and won because they're such a strong team as proven by the number of points they've won this season and and likewise so are Sheffield Wednesday but um, it's it's interesting because I think you know it, one, of, one of my friends were driving back from the game yesterday and turned on BBC Radio Sheffield and they had a fan call in and say oh well you know I think I think we'll beat them we've got Derby again haven't we I think we'll beat them in the playoffs and the presenter was like we've not got Derby it's Peterborough <laughs> so, um, you know I think we are the surprise package in the sense of we've not really been there much of the season. Now we've we've snuck in on the last day and we just have nothing to lose. And hopefully that will just galvanise the players into just playing more freely and, and playing like they did um, like they did on Sunday. I, I wouldn't want to play us. You know, you guys know me. I'm, I'm naturally very pessimistic, particularly when it comes to the posh. But um, I... I... I believe we can do it now. I can't. It, just the way that football works. That you're quite right. It would be incredibly unfair on Wednesday, who you know finished on 96 points, whilst we finished on our 77 points. So it would be unfair. But that's that's football. That's the way it works, isn't it? Like you said, it was a two game shootout. Just mentioning about BBC Radio there, Sam, as well. You've just reminded me because it's the first time I've spoken to you. Um, talked about the Cambridge game. Uh, massive props, by the way, on your uh, commentary on that game. I'm just going to sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but it was a really enjoyable listen. I know it was a tough game to commentate on because, let's be honest, there wasn't a lot happening. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to really get excited about on either side. Um, but I thought you and Gabs managed that game really, really well. I thought it was a really enjoyable listen. 
Thanks, Tim. I'll give you that 20 quid donation for the better. <laughs> the the yeah, no, honestly, I just, I don't know. I thought it was really, because, you know, people are very quick to slate local radio, aren't they, on, on social media. I've done it before, but um, no, I thought it was good. I thought you managed a, a difficult situation well. So that's, that's as much as a though, though Dan did text me and tell me I got a player wrong, which is, uh, that's, that's <laughs> straight did, on which it. Is the, you've got a terrible commentary position at the Abbey, but it, you know, that's the trouble with it now being linked on iFollow. The the days of grace with radio where you could get a player on. <laughs> People are on. listening. Yeah, exactly. So, but thank you. No, it was um no, it was good. It was an enjoyable listen. I do I do like it when you're on the uh, when you're on the on the mic. Um cool. So Barnsley done and dusted for us. However, it didn't matter what we did, we could have turned up there and won twelve nil. We also needed a favour uh from Wednesday. Uh Derby View Wednesday then. So this finished um one nil to Wednesday. Uh, game changed early on, though, when uh, Derby received a red card. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, Dan. Um, I, I think it's fair to say contentious. It would. It's certainly not a straight red. You can see why Derby fans are quite cheesed off. I can also see what was given. I should add, um, but uh, Derby defender makes a mistake, tries to backtrack, takes out a player in the box. He's given a straight red for a dog. So uh, penalty scored. One nil. They never really recovered after that point. Uh, Wednesday developed, uh, Wednesday defended, sorry, incredibly well in the second half, I should add. Um, but Derby just didn't have that killer instinct. Uh, what did you make of the red card, first of all, Dan? Yeah, so I, I, me, like everybody else who, who couldn't make it to the ground uh, at Barnsley, was, was watching at home. I had both games on simultaneously. Um, for me, from a bias point of view, absolutely a penalty. It's one of the worst challenges I've seen in football in, in the last 20 years. It should be in prison. It was assault. It, it should be. <laughs> no, uh, I know a um, friend of the show, Keith, uh, had actually said that he thought it was a dive. Um, it, it, it was soft. I'll, I'll definitely say it was soft. But like you said, for me, definite penalty. Um, red card, maybe not. There was definitely a player to cover him. Um, yeah. So, it was harsh, but you know, it's one of those things. Football's a, a game of swings and roundabouts in the end, and you know, it was a red card in the, in the eyes of the ref. He gave it, and and the game's now history. Un- unlucky derby. It is, uh, but there's been a lot of criticism of league. Well, it feels like there's always criticism of League One rest, but I feel like this season it's been more perhaps than the normal. Sam, um, having watched it back, do you, I agree with Dan? I should add that. I think it was a foul because he was trying to recover from a mistake, but the red card I thought was unfair because there was cover uh, on that far post. Uh, what, what did you make of it? Yeah, the red card was definitely even more harsh than the penalty. But if, if that's gone, if you're against you, if you're a Derby fan, if that's happened to Posh, you'd be you'd be absolutely furious yeah. on both of them. You know, more so on the red, um, but but still significantly upset with the penalty as well. So. Your heart bleeds for them, doesn't it? But um, you know, when we've benefited, if that was us, you'd be you'd be well within your rights to be furious about it for weeks. <laughs> um, so you do you do feel for Derby fans on a on a purely human level, don't you? But um, we're in the playoffs. We are, and that's all that matters. Adding a little bit of humanity as well. The uh, referee, uh, the Barnsley v Posh game yesterday, Scott Oldham. It was his last game. He's been on the he's been in EFL for like 20 odd years so uh, happy retirement to you as well Scott I thought you managed the game quite well yesterday um but yeah big call over in the Wednesday game but ultimately Derby didn't have that that killer touch and I wonder so you mentioned about the fact that Posh scored early obviously the Derby players and Derby fans would have been aware of that too 
Then they go a man down. They've just conceded a penalty, but there's still a whole second half. I wonder if it was a a mentality thing, really, from the, the Derby point of view there. I'm not here to slate other teams, but do you think it was quality that saw Posh into the playoffs or do you think it was an issue around perhaps Derby's mentality? Because they have been inconsistent this season. Yeah, and 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 so have we. I'm sure the early goal for us was 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 massive, and more so than an early goal normally. Going into the last games, all the managers say, "Oh, we won't be focusing on anyone else. We'll be doing what we want to do." And it's just like, yeah, yeah, right. Of course you will. Yeah, you're not going to have someone looking at the scores, are you, and feeding that back? No, no, of course not. Um, so I don't know, Dan. You, I think you watch more of the. You, you said you had more of the game on, so may, maybe you'll be better answering than me because yeah, I couldn't really say. I mean, to, to be honest, it was. A very, very open game from the get-go. Um, both teams seem to be up for it more than I thought they would be. Obviously, Derby, you know, I thought they would go out and try and win it from, from the get-go. But Sheffield looked like they really wanted to prove something, um, which, you know, good or bad for us in, in the long run, we'll, we'll see. Um, but but Derby did look dangerous. You know, they had a lot of chances in that first half. And and like Tim said, maybe it was a mentality thing to, to go one nil down and a man down when they did. It was, you know, quite close to the second half whistle. Um, sorry, the, the end of the first half. Um, and there was a very, very long delay. Um, when he gave the red card, you know, it, it was another three, four minutes before the penalty was taken. After the penalty was scored, it was another three minutes before they got the game back underway. Um, and they had a, a good hefty amount of, of extra time because of that. Um, at the end of the first half. So, you know, objectively speaking, I thought it took, you know, a good 15 minutes for, for Derby to get back into it in the second half. You know, they were feeling a bit sorry for themselves. But when they did turn it on, they really, really put Sheffield under pressure. Um, they were, in my opinion, by far the better team, despite the the man advantage for Sheffield. You know, that Derby had a fair few chances. They had one off the line. And, you know, I, I think we need to count the lucky stars a little bit because as as much as Sheffield wanted to prove that point, and I, I honestly do think they did, um, Derby just, they, they didn't have the luck behind them. And we did. Yeah, I'd echo that. I've watched both games back uh, today because I've been trying to move as little as possible. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Dan. I would say that Wednesday did defend quite well. Uh, you're right, they perhaps got a little bit of luck on their side as well, but they seem quite resilient, uh, which will lead nicely into uh, us previewing that Wednesday game shortly because that's not an easy wall to knock down uh, up at Wednesday. Uh, just quickly though, Dan, touching on Fergie again. So a little bit of club news. Like, well, it's not really club news, more club rumour since we last recorded. Um, seems as though uh, there's potentially a deal already been signed with uh, with Darren. Quell surprise, eh? Um, now I know you and I share similar thoughts on this one. Um, has anything changed in your mind now that we've ultimately got into the playoffs? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Should he still be here next year, irrespective of what happens next? It, see, this is a difficult one. It's going to be an unpopular one with a lot of the fans. I, I think if we hadn't have made it yesterday, regardless whether we won or not, if you know if we just didn't get over the line it wouldn't have been a question for the majority of the fan base would have said, thank you very much for your service, Fergie. Goodbye. Now we've made it into the playoffs, there is a big question among the more faithful side of the uh, the fan base. For me, it is still a no. And I think even if we win and get promoted, I, I still want to see somebody else at the helm because the owners have proven that they're not going to back Darren. And if they're not going to back him, we're relying on his tactics, we're relying on his setups and... Well, he's proven in the championship, not just with Peterborough, with other teams as well, that he, he hasn't cut out for it. He hasn't got the tactical know-how. He hasn't got the ability to get players up for it. 
And, you know, anyone who says that he deserves another chance is quite frankly blind, in my personal opinion. No, in my personal opinion, they are. How many times do you have to to let the dog bite you before, you know, you give up letting them? You know, it's, it's a terrible analogy, but you get my point. You know, it's how many chances are we going to give the guy in the championship? Not, not, not heard that one before. That's a good no, no, you're probably never hear it again. <laughs> you'll never hear it again, but you, know, you understand <laughs> my, my point. It's, you know, it, we can continue to give him the chance, but at the end of the day, the championship means a lot to this club, financially and to the fans, you know, just as a, as a point of pride. And That's a... Uh... And sorry, I'm distracted by that. That needs to be an inspirational quote picture on our uh, on our social media pages. That is, that's, I'm going to get it printed uh, on my wall. <laughs> yeah, forget live, laugh, love or whatever it is. It will just be how many times are you going to let the dog bite you before you decide not to? Um, yeah, and, but I've, I think to be fair, I mean, you make a, a strong point, uh, I would argue, but I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, Steve Dilly tweeted and says, surely it's time for a snap Fergie in, Fergie out meter. This was after the Barnsley game. Uh, we replied saying, um, we stopped it again because some folks still weren't getting the joke, I roll. Uh, but for you, Steve, let's do it. So we did Fergie in, Fergie out. This was, again, after the Barnsley game. Uh, Fergie in, 88%. Fergie out, Dan. Uh, sorry, 12%. Um, so, yeah, Sam, uh, Fergie in, Fergie out. I, I think it's hard to disagree with, with Dan and what he said there. Um, Even I about think, the dog. I, I mean, to, to be honest, I'm going to use that in meetings this week. <laughs> um, Please don't. I am, um, I, I, you know, I've I, I, I just, just before we came on air, I've just, just tweeted a, a stat about, you know, how um, Posh have been in the Football League for 63 years and um, they've won promotion or been in the playoffs, whether that's successful or not, 11 times. And in the first 47 years, it happened five times. And in the next 16, it's happened six times. And Darren's been the manager on every occasion. So, you know, on one hand, you have that. And then on the other hand, the real concern for me is thinking back to February of the championship season and just how disinterested and bored he seemed and I would just not want to get into that position again. You know, if, if if the championship is where he wants to be, is it that he wants to be in the championship, not with Posh again? Um, so I think there's another, you know, answer to this. Do Posh want him? Does he want Posh as well? You know, if he gets Posh up, could he could he go somewhere else? So, you know, I think there's no doubt that he's proven he's, he's a great manager and a great fit for Posh at League One. Um, but I think... It, it, it has proven too many times it just doesn't quite work for whatever reason in the championship, as as Dan said. So that would be my position at the moment. We win the playoffs, ask me again. I'll probably yeah. change slightly more um, as that Fergie in out meter sort of suggests and the movement we've had from the last time we ran it. But yeah, I think I think just the concerns at how it went downhill in the championship and his attitude and his feelings and the things he said about not being backed and and all of those things would just leave too many doubts in my mind for us not to explore something else. Interesting. So obviously I, you know, kind of echo what you guys said, you know, I've been figuring out for a while. So, um, yeah, unanimous, which I wasn't expecting after what happened yesterday. I mean, he, he does deserve credit. There's no doubt about it. He does deserve credit for what he's done. Um, and what he's achieved, albeit very much last minute, but he ultimately achieved the playoffs, which is what Jason Hill told us his, you know, objective was. So, um, yeah, fair play. Um, but that's yeah, where we're at with Fergie in, Fergie out. 
I think I think probably you know more than credit as well to him because we said mm. didn't we when he came in on the pod that if he gets posh into the playoffs, could we consider it to be his best achievement at posh? And I, I think the feeling from, from from us and from the listeners was generally yes, actually considering where we were, how we were playing, um, you know, just been spanked at home by Wickham. That actually yes, if he will get us in the playoffs, you know, even with eleven games to go, we were ten points behind Derby. Um, yeah, and it wasn't his team for I know. It was his team from before, but there was changes that weren't, you know, his choices. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, absolutely no, no disrespect to him, and not taking anything away from the achievement. It, whatever happens in the playoffs, but I think, um, it, yeah, it just, it just feels like Posh need to try something else. Otherwise, they might always be thinking, "What if if it doesn't work again?" Here, here, completely agree with that. How many times are you going to let the dog bite you before you decide not to? Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we will look ahead to the Wednesday game on Friday. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Before we get into the playoffs then, it's that time of year again. It's the yellow block end of season awards. Our, our ears prick up as we start to think about host of the season. I'm pretty sure, uh, Sam, this is in the bag for you this year, I've got to be honest. Um, no, you're screwing your face, acting all humble. Say, have you, have you not, do you not? Do you not read Twitter? <laughs> well, you did get a player wrong in the Cambridge commentary as well, so I'd just like to add that. Um, just like to remind you all that that happened. So, if you want to put your your tick in my box instead, and you, and you've um, run a half marathon, and Dan's come out with that incredible quote. So, really, I'm well, this is true. I mean, one of us has run 13.1 miles of pure grueling agony for charity this weekend. Um, so, yeah, just remember that. Um, and the rest yeah. of us were watching Peterborough. Yeah, the rest of you were watching the team that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely that. It's really bad planning on my point. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like to thank the organisers of the Birmingham Half Marathon. Yeah, were, you, were, you keep, were you keeping track of the score, Tim, as you were running around? Did you like do it? I genuinely was. No, I, so I started at 10. So I finished just after kickoff had started. But as soon as I finished, phone was out and then I was glued to it for all the way back. Um yeah, once I'd sort of recovered and come around from passing out. But, oh, you know, we won't talk about that. It's fine. Anyway, yeah. uh, end of season awards. So you can get your nominations in now. Well, this is the reason I ran for an ambulance charity. I figured it might get me to the front of the queue when I, uh, you know, when I pass out at the finish line. So, But it didn't. So it's fine. Uh, you can get your nominations in, though, for the end of season awards. Head over to the yellowblock.co.uk. Uh, don't log in using our password, which I've given out. Um, just click on end of, seasons, end of season awards on the website there. Uh, we'll collate the nominations in time for the super prestigious awards ceremony. Now, I've got inside information that Lloyd Jones is, is the front runner for uh, goal of the season because posh fans have an immense sense of humour with that kind of thing. But we'll see. Head over to the website and get your nominations in. We are this season going to be doing the vote on the website rather than Twitter. And we're doing this 
so that Jared can't use his Twitter bots to win host of the season. Um, we will, of course, put it on our socials when the polls do open. Uh, host of the season will be one of the options. Um, yeah, be interesting this year. Well, it won't be. Let's be honest. I think it will be. It'll be between Sam and Jared. I think I can't decide who to vote for out of them too. So I might just vote for for Dan instead. But we'll see. You're my sympathy vote, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> you can get my old man vote as well. <laughs> well, I am. You know, I'm the, the daddy. Who's the daddy? Yeah, anyway, um, need to do the Ivan Tony Award for April. I know that you guys started this on the last pod, but you didn't actually finish it. Uh, so, so we need to do a Tony Award winner for April. See, this is what happens when I'm away. One episode, and we can't even get the Ivan Tony Award out. This is why I should be hosted a season. Just leave that there for the listeners. Good. Uh, round the table then. Player of the season for April, Sam. Player of the season for one month. For April, yeah. Player of the month. Player of the season. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. See, this is why Dan should be hosted a season. Uh, player of the month for April. <laughs> um, it's, uh, who am I going to go for? I, I would probably say better. He was playing well, wasn't he? Yeah, cracking chart, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to go for him. Cracking shot, Dan. While I do think that's a, a fantastic shout, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further left field, I guess. Um, for me, it's between... He is left field. He's that's literally his position. Uh, body guy. <laughs> no. um, for, for me, it's between Mason Clark and, and Johnson Clark-Harris, which you know, I, I guess the end of the season award would be between them two as well. Um, I, I just feel like Mason Clark pips it just that little bit because when we did win, he was, you know, instrumental in the win. And, you know, in the games that we didn't win, I, to be fair, his performance wasn't great, but nobody's was. You know, it's, it's one of those things, the team clicks and when we do click, we play fantastic. And when we don't, we look bloody terrible. Um, yeah, for me, Mason Clark. See, I was going to say Norburn, but I can't now because that would give us a, a, a straight tie. So unless we can collectively agree on one, then uh, we're going to have to flip a coin. Oh, we can't I'm, I'm going to say no to Norburn purely and simply because of the Ipswich game. Because he was fantastic in the Ipswich game, but he was bloody terribly, like terribly disciplined. And it, in my opinion, put us out of the game when he had to go on half time because he was going to get sent off. How many drinks have you had this season? I would like to decline to comment. <laughs> Allegedly, it's quite a few. Um, all right, we'll drop Norburn then. So what we got? We got Ogbetter and Mason Clark. I mean, this is tough. Um, oh, this is tough because Mason Clark has been fantastic and consistently all season. But there is no doubt that Ogbetter has been a huge part of why we are where we are now since he came in. We'll go Og better purely because I'm pretty sure Mason Clark has already. No, I'm all, here's my logic, Dan. I'm pretty sure Mason Clark has already won it once this year. So if we add Og better, he can go into the player of the season vote, make that a big. I think call. he's won several. Yeah, so let's go for Og better. Uh, so Og better, you are the Ivan Tony Award winner um, for April. Congratulations. Good, good, good. So League One is all wrapped up then. Just quickly, again, before I know I keep promising playoffs, we will talk about that in a sec. Final League One table, Plymouth won, uh, Ipswich finished second, and then the playoffs of Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton, Peterborough, and of course Derby just missed out. Really quickly, Sam, uh, right order for you. Do you think Plymouth deserve to win? 100%. Amazing achievement from Plymouth. 
absolutely brilliant to do that when Ipswich spent the money they did in January, the wealth and the, 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 the you know, the, I mean, they have a decent fan base to be fair, but you know, like Sheffield Wednesday and, and Derby and, and Bolton. Yeah. Absolutely incredible achievement from Plymouth. Yeah. Uh, you've got a feel for Wednesday in a little smidge, Dan, they, they've, they finished on 96 points and somehow missed out on automatic. Uh, incredible. The three of them have just been fantastic all season. Yeah, they were running away with it at one point as well. Um, so it's sort of more of a testament to, to Whipswitch's turnaround and and Plymouth's consistency to, to come through. Because, I mean, even in that cup run for Plymouth, there was a point where everyone thought they were going to start you know, dropping off and they just didn't. They kept getting those results, kept grinding them out. Um, it, it, it's been a... A very tumultuous season. It's, it's full of ups and downs, but you know, you couldn't pick any of those three to to go on and win it at one point. So you know, if, if that's the order it finishes, then we'll, we'll trust the numbers. Yeah, well, that's a that's a kisbyism as well. The table doesn't yeah. lie after four. I'm taking over the role. You know, I've, I've, I've someone has to. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm taking over the role of the like you know the old one in the group, so I'm happy to. You were always to that. Uh, some drama at the bottom end of the table. Incredibly, last game survival for uh, Cambridge, which saw MK Dons go down. And this was a talk about a mix of emotions right here. So Cambridge stay up, MK Dons go down. I've changed my mind about twenty eight times, Sam, and whether or not I'm happy it worked out that way, or whether I would rather a Cambridge gone down and MK. I mean, in either world, they both would have gone down. But then at the same time, you want them next season. It's a whole soup of emotions coming up from League Two and Northampton. Congratulations to them. It means that if we do stay in League One. We've got the uh, we've got the Neen Derby. We've got Cambridge Derby. I mean, has it worked out good? I don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose the worst thing would have been as as much as the rivalry with MK Dons and with Cambridge if they both went down and Morecambe stayed up from a fan travel geography point of view. Um, it's it's quite funny, isn't it, with MK Dons one point away from automatic promotion last season. They 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 lose in the playoffs and then now they're relegated the following season by a point. I mean, that is a tough 12 months, isn't it? Really, really tough. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people really upset about that as well. But um, yeah, I think I think Cambridge would, would were looking dead and buried a couple of months ago and a fair play to them for surviving how they've done that. Um, well, obviously, by getting more points than the other four below them, but it's, um, <laughs> it's been it's been quite it's been quite another kisbyism maybe there. It's been um, it's been quite the turnaround. So so yeah, I guess you're right, Tim. Yeah, the one silver lining if we if we don't go up, we've got Leighton Orient, Stevenage, Northampton, Cambridge. Um, it's yeah, a lot of a lot of good Lincoln, of course, as well. So um, yeah. great away days. You're making me want to stay in League One, Sam. That sounds like some uh, some excitement there. Whereas if we go up, we've got what we've got like Coventry, although they might go up anyway, and they made the playoffs. So yeah, maybe not. Maybe not Coventry, uh, Birmingham. It's not really the same, is it? But no, it's um, yeah. I'm joking, of course. I'd rather be in the Championship. Um, Sorry, Dan, can, I, can I put a question in? Right, it's the question on everybody's lips, or it should be. Mk gone. Mk Dons. Sorry, have gone down. Right. Correct. Do we bring back the man, the myth, the legend? No. Mr. Moisa. No, we don't. He's not good enough to be in our team. Uh, he, We don't play how he needs us to play, which is why it never worked out for him at Posh. Um, I'm sure Sam will have stats lined up somewhere, potentially, but Moisa is not a Hebrew United player. He's a great striker. He's proved that. 
but he's not he's not good enough for well no it's not to say he's not good enough he's not the right fit for our team is how I would say it I I, I thought Dan meant either um Carl Robinson or Dean Lewington to be honest Dean Lewington yeah. what you could bring him in as manager I just he's still going I think isn't he Dean Lewington yeah, and we keep saying we need an experienced centre back, but do we want one that is drawing a pension? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. But no, I mean, Sam, would you would you have Mo Isa back? Surely not. I mean, he's not really. You can't really bank on him. <laughs> probably, probably not. No, <laughs> that was terrible. That was, <laughs> it took a while. We got there. <laughs> that was absolutely terrible. Um, no. No, I. I mean, he did. He did well, didn't he? But he just played second fiddle to Tony. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for. I'd go for Isa. The one striker I would have back in the flash is Matt Goddard, but that's cutting up for the championship. But then he's a bit older, yeah. isn't he? So not really posh, posh method. Um, so you wouldn't have no. wouldn't have Tom Nichols back from Gillingham. In a in a, in a flash, yeah, of course. Yeah, Tom Nichols. I shared a dinner with him the other day. <laughs> I didn't. I share when you, were drop that in. you shared a dinner. What did you have? Like half a chicken each or something? Just met in the middle. Yeah, went to uh, went to KFC. Yeah, no, he's uh, it's a very long story. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I'm joking. I wouldn't really have Tom Nichols. But he's doing well for Gillingham. Well, by his standard, he's doing well. No, anyway, answer to your question, Dan. Nobody would have no ice back, and I love the fact it took Sam so long to get the uh, the ice joke as well. That was. Uh, it really took a while to see interest in that joke, didn't it? Oh, it's so, oh, it's just it's just paying so you've, dividends. You've, you've dropped ah, oh, you've dropped an extra couple, and there's still some posh ones out there. I sat thinking, I don't get it. <laughs> you can always bank on me to come up with a cube. Oh, it's, they're just falling out. They are just falling out. Uh, anyway, I appreciate you bringing up Mo Isa Dan because I wouldn't have been able to get all those puns in there otherwise. So yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, host of the season's coming up, by the way. Just like to um. So I tried that as well. Right, anyway, should we talk Wednesday? Friday night, home leg. First leg at home at London Road, under the lights. Looks like it's already sold out uh, as we're recording this, which is incredible. I think it was like 20-odd minutes. Tickets were on sale before, before people were struggling to get them. That's an amazing response from Posh fans. Well done. Unless, of course, it's all Wednesday fans buying up home tickets. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, in the main part of the season, so we played them at our place back in August. This was 2-0. Memory serves me correctly. They had a player sent off early and then they were dreadful and we should have won about 8-0. That's my memory of that game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. You'll probably remember that one better than I do. Um, and then back in March, we played up in Hillsborough, lost 1-0. So as you mentioned, Sam, 2-1 on aggregate over the season. Um, however, I would argue there's a huge difference between the Wednesday that we're playing this Friday compared to the Wednesday that we played back in August. Yeah, and... Um, I think with the with the home game, you're right. The sending off did change it. It was quite tight up until then, um, and that was a, that was a big three points. Obviously, back then at the start of the season, um, and then and then yeah, the game in March is one of the one of the only way games we've lost actually, isn't it, under Fergie? Um, and it was it wasn't we were... a great game full of chances, was it? And I think yeah. Wednesday fans were actually thinking that we were quite a good team compared to some that they'd seen there. Not because we created loads. I think there was a chance when Poku was through on goal, and I think it might have been a penalty, but it was it was hard to see from from the away end. And um, yeah, we didn't really create much. It was no goal that decided it. And um, yeah, although we didn't create much, it was it was it was a close game. So. Gives you optimism going into it. 
but um but yeah going back to the ticket sales that's incredible i think you know i cast my mind back to can't really remember so much with with, with Leighton Orient whether we sold out that in 2014, but the MK Dons one in the second leg one in 2011. I'm sure we didn't sell that out. I'm sure there were still tickets like back at back right of the north stand and stuff like that. And um, yeah, but if MK all... Dons ever sold out, I don't. I remember that game. It was a great atmosphere. It feels like the whole of Peterborough was there. And you're right, we didn't yeah. sell out, but then that's because we had an allocation of like fifteen thousand or something. Because you know <laughs> they're never going to fill their stadium, are they? Sorry, no, I'll cut you off. Yeah. Before, yeah, in the home game, I'm sure there were some spare seats around around where I was and stuff as well. So whether that was was sold, but people didn't turn up, but I, I don't think I've known it sell out so quickly. So yeah, fair play, and and you know what, fair play to the club as well. I know there's been a lot to to criticise them for this season, and we focused a lot on the rightly editorially on the off field issues as well. Um, but they and but they got the pricing spot on. I think again, you think yeah. back to the Man City game and the massive mess up last season with the pricing. They, they deserve a lot of credit for getting the, the pricing right. And and look, look what's happened. Posh fans have responded and it's sold out within, you know, not much time at all. So um, well done to everyone all round. Yeah, Wednesday have reciprocated that. The away tickets will also be £20 for Posh fans when we go up to Hillsborough. Buzzing with that. I'll be going up to the Hillsborough game, assuming I can swap my night shift. Um, we will, of course, talk about that because we'll record again after the first leg. So we'll, we'll record next weekend and talk about the away leg. Uh, focusing on the home leg first, though, uh, Dan, and Sam, I've just cottoned on what you meant about not selling the allocation. You meant the game at London Road. I was thinking the game at Stadium MK, which we, they're never going to sell out. So that's my confusion. Apologies. I was too busy most of the year is coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't get any players wrong during the Cambridge commentary. So, you know, it's awkward, isn't it? Uh, Dan, um, Friday, uh, I assume this will be on TV. They normally uh, televise both legs, don't they, of the, the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, it should be a good crowd. should be a good atmosphere. Um, what do you need from this home leg, Dan? Do you, do you need a draw? Do you need a win? What what's Where are you at for Friday? Uh, for me, it would be nice to go to Wednesday with a win in pocket. You know, just that, that one, maybe two goal cushion if we can steal it. To, to sort of not sit behind, but give us a bit of confidence and, and you know, give us a bit of, of, of drive to sort of keep attacking and keep going. You know, I don't want to be chasing it because it just leads to mistakes, doesn't it? You know, you, you try and push too hard and and all of a sudden you've been caught on the break and you're another goal down. Um, if it's a draw, for me, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, as, as we've already mentioned with, uh, with people calling me out on it and, and Sam mentioned earlier, our away form under Fergie this year, and I would like to specify this year has been... Our away form at Barnsley. Oh, yes. Barnsley. <laughs> no, it, but it, it has it has improved, you know, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to say less nervous, but, you know, that there's, there's not necessarily that dreading fear that there would normally be for an away game um, behind us. Well, I'll... Time. I'll take your point just quickly and throw it back at you because I remember after the Wednesday away game in March, I think all of us commented on how negative Posh were and we'd been playing quite well in the weeks leading up to that and we went to Hillsborough and we seemed to be scared. Um, so I wonder, Dan, if if we need, to, we need to go there having already got a win. I'm not sure we can go there and win is my point. So do we... I, I don't... I wouldn't want to be Fergie leading up to this week. I think you're at home. You've got a... You've got to be on the front foot, but it's risky, isn't it? Because they'll they'll punish you. 
Yeah, and we also need to take into account followings. You know, historically, posh don't play well in front of big home grounds when when we're away. You know, and Wednesday have a big stadium. They sell a lot of tickets in it, even for our level. You know, and that that's definitely something that we need to uh, we need to sort of you know bear in mind when we you know face the the home like like you say you know ideally it's a win. You know, you don't want to be chasing the game too much away and. Let's just see what we can get out of this. You know, it's it's a virtue to even be in it at this point. You know, bear in mind where we were in, in December. So let's give it a good go and, and see what we can do. Absolutely. A little fact for you then. Over the last 10 years, the team that's finished sixth have only won the playoffs twice. Last time that happened was in 2017. Sam, any guesses who that was? I'm just going to say Rotherham because they seem to go up and down all the time. <laughs> they do, don't they? Uh, no, it's Millwall. And they've gone on. I mean, they've been unlucky this weekend. They've got you know robbed of a playoff place in the last second, thanks to Sammy Smodic, ironically. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's unusual for a team in sixth place. But this is, it's like we said earlier, it's different, I think. And I'm not just saying that because it's posh. It's just the posh way, isn't it? We do well in playoffs. Uh, Dan, you're our... Bolton correspondent, what's the feeling up there in the northwest for the, the Bolton fans? I annoyingly have a lot of insight in this. Um, they are playing with a heavily depleted team. They've been playing the centre mid in centre back for about six weeks since since Wembley. Um, so you know they're struggling with injuries uh, on their end. I think players are coming back now, and they've got the confidence they need. However, I I just I don't know if they can get past Barnsley. For me, it'd be a dream. Dream game, you know. Obviously, I've got a lot of friends up here, so you know, if we can carpool down to Wembley for a, a Bolton Peterborough final, it would be a terrible drive home for one of us. Um, but no, I, I think they are arrogantly confident just because of you know their history and, and where they see their club. Um, but I don't, I don't think they can do it personally. Fair enough. So prediction time, Sam. It's time for us to nail our colours to the mast. Uh, and again, head over heart here. So Barnsley, Bolton, Posh, Wednesday. Uh, which two teams are going to Wembley and ultimately which team is going up? Posh and Barnsley and Posh. It's what you genuinely think that will. that's how it will play out. That's not just you, you're getting carried away. Oh, I'm 100% getting carried away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, if, you, you think that we can do it? You genuinely think we can do it? I, I think we can do it. Yeah, I think Wednesday are favourites. Of course they are. Look at the season they've had. They're overwhelming favourites, really. But I, I think we can do it. I think, I think we can. I think we can get there. Well, that's a nice dose of positive energy. Let's bring it back down to Dan's level. Dan, which two teams are going to Wembley, and who's going up? Posh and Barnsley and Posh. Do you, you genuinely think? You honestly think that's going to happen? Honestly, I, I do. I can see our second leg go into extra time, and I think we just steal it. And yeah. at Wembley, all bets are off. You know, we, we've got good history at the big grounds, haven't we? Yeah. We do. So, I just, I mean, I, I've said already a couple of times on this episode that I think we will now. The, the, the story of making it in the, the last day. It's just a posh story written all over it, isn't it? I do think we'll go through. I think we'll we'll beat Wednesday on Friday night and then we'll hold them for a draw or something like that at Hillsborough. Um, I think Bolton will beat Barnsley, uh, but I think we'll beat Bolton at Wembley. Um, but wow, it's just nuts to think that we're talking about Wembley again as a posh fan, isn't it? That's 
I need to start planning uh, when I can uh, get some some time off work to make sure I'm not working or running a marathon when that's happening. So because that would be dreadful timing. Uh, but as you said, Sam, after Cheltenham, we were you know going to be mid table when this was all a dream. So it's oh, nuts yeah. to think that that's even. We enough. weren't at the races, Tim, after Cheltenham, were we? No. There you go. There's. <laughs> oh, if only people could see your face then, the way it dropped. Nay, we weren't. Uh, I've thrown out the old equine puns. What you got, Dan? Come on, let's freestyle. Let, let, let's take the next week by the reins. That's, that's the best I've got for you. No, oh, he fell at the first hurdle there, and he that's absolutely awful. Come on, Sam, we're, we're, we're cantering now, me and you. What you got? Throw your equine no, just, puns at me. It's just a two horse race now, isn't it, between me and you, Tim? It is. It's nose to nose, neck to neck. Who will make it over that final hurdle? We'll see when the host of the season results get announced. Uh, one of us will, uh, will be triumphant. <laughs> I love it. Anyone, thanks for listening. Anyone? Who's anyone? Anyway, thanks for listening. Oh, for no, that's anyway. right. Anyone, anyone is right. Anyone. If anyone, <laughs> is if anyone is listening, please just let us know you're actually listening. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. That's got to be now false advertising because we've been asking that for years uh, and I don't think we've actually climbed in that time. I don't know. In any case, we will be recorded next week and the week after. I know. I know. You get an overdose with Yellow Block now just to prove that we haven't shit our pants. Uh, we'll be recording after the first leg against Wednesday on Friday. Join us then and we'll be looking ahead to the second leg at Hillsborough. Good luck and up the posh. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget... Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.